Uh, if you're here today and you're a visitor, we welcome you. Good to have you. Good to see you. Amen. Stick around. We'll love you. Amen. God is love. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Um, try to let you go early today because I know you got all kinds of stuff planned for your dad. It ain't like Mom's Day. Go ahead, give him a tire or a screwdriver and send him on his way. He'll be happy. <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through. I could preach that right there, but I can't. I got to keep going. <clears throat> Next verse says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your power, your grace, your mercy, and for who you are. God, as we break the bread of life today, Lord, help us do a good job. God, help us, Lord, to hear your word. Not just hear it, Lord, but believe it. Not just believe it, but apply it. In Jesus' name we pray. You can sit down. Basically, you have about, from the time you're born till the time you die, 25,000 days. If you're blessed, you may get 30,000 days to live. So on average, 25,000 days. I added mine up today, and I'm at 16,000. I didn't like that number. <laughs> so I did it again, and it was the same number. But some of us have more. Some of us have less. Teach me, Lord, to number my days. Teach me to number my days. I think one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is he convinces us that we always always have a lot of time. And we don't. Every second, your life is but a it's but a vapor. You're here today and you are gone tomorrow. <clears throat> Leonard Wolf, I don't know who he is. I don't think I've ever read any of his books, but evidently back in the day he was a very famous British author. And he wrote this after, I think he died at 89 years old. And he penned these words before he died. After all the books that he wrote and all the things that he did, he said, I see clearly that I have achieved practically nothing. The world today and the history of the human anthill during the past 57 years would be exactly the same as it is if I had played ping pong <laughs> instead of sitting on committees, writing books, and memoranda. I have therefore to make a rather large confession that I have lived a life ground between 150 and 200,000 hours of perfectly useless work. Man, how depressing is that? At 89 years old, to sit down, look back at your life, and say, 
I really didn't do anything at all. I refuse for, for that to be the thing I pin when it comes time for me to write my obituary. I refuse to be, let that be the thing that I look back and say, what I've done hasn't amounted to anything at all. And I could have done anything else and it would be no different. Because the truth is, as believers, we have been called to make a difference in this world. When we leave this world, we should leave it a better place than when we came because we have the power of God working in us to do his will. And his will is not that any should perish. So, Darren, there should be a church on fire bringing life to community and people. So when we set down, unlike Leonard Wolf, I can pin with the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I've kept it. I've kept going. Even when it was tough, I kept going. Can you, can you make up your mind and can you say, that that'll be your goal that you can look back and say I did something for the kingdom of God my life wasn't centered around the temporary but it was centered around the eternal and I don't know how you feel about this but when I leave out of here I want to take as many people as I can with me to heaven not because of my victory but because my victory comes through Jesus and I know that there's power in me to take the gospel to a world that it's not a temporary blessing but eternally we will be singing the praises of Jesus and I will not say that it didn't matter whether I preached or played ping pong because the difference is I've got an eternal word with an eternal gospel with eternal deliverance with eternal sanctification with eternal joy with eternal peace and I'm telling you you can make a difference in the world that you live in you have what the world is looking for you have a relationship with Jesus. There's a hole. It's a God-shaped hole in the heart of every man. And he tries to fill that hole with substance and everything else he could find. But it's a God-shaped hole. And there's only one thing that can feel that longing in their heart, and that's Jesus. Can you say amen? Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. He gives us the victory. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything for it. He gave it to us. He giveth us the victory. He fought the battle, but he puts it to our account. He obtained righteousness for us, but he put it in our account. I don't know about you, but when they were singing, worthy is the lamb, I begin to say, how worthy is this lamb? There was weeping in heaven, in the place where there should be no tears. There was weeping at one time in heaven because nobody was found worthy to open the book. But somebody stepped up and made this statement. They said, weep not for the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed. There is one. They begin to sing a new song in heaven. It wasn't holy, but they begin to sing, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb of God. He's worthy. For eons of time, heaven was singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, which is to come. And I don't know if you've read Revelation, but it was an elder that sang a new song. Tell you something about elders. They don't like new songs. They like old songs. But this elder got a revelation. And I know we've been saying holy up here for a long time, but that lamb is worthy. That lamb is worthy. 
they begin to sing about the worth of the lamb. I want to ask you a question. How much worth do you place on Jesus? How worthy is he to you? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. As I begin to look up these words, be is a very small word. But as I begin to study it, the word be means to become or generate. He said, be ye. You got to, you got, this is something you got to make up in your mind. Because there is everything in society trying to remove you out of the place that God has designed you to be in. Things are trying to push you back, push you down, push you out. I know. Can you say amen? God has designed you to occupy a place. And it is very important that you occupy that space. God has put, listen, there are no accidents in the kingdom of God. God knew exactly what he was doing when he called you. He called you for a purpose. The purpose of redemption is ownership. He owns you. He bought you with his own blood. Look at the person beside you and say, Jesus owns you. The purpose of ownership is service. Now that he owns you, he wants to use you to expand his kingdom. I want to let you know when Jesus saved you, he didn't save you to be a self-centered religionist. He saved you that you could help save somebody else and use you to expand his kingdom. That's your place. You got to be a willing vessel. Be ye. Generate that. You've got to generate it. You've got to become that. It's something that you've got to exercise in. You got to exercise your faith. Faith comes by hearing by the building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. You build up your faith. Hey, do me a favor. Somebody go grab Sophie for me, would you? She in nursery? She'll come out here. See if. She's in nursery. How important is it for you to occupy, occupy your, pay, your place? I can't talk. How important is it for you to be where God has designed you to be? How's that? God has put you in a certain position. And it's very important that you occupy where he has put you to be. Is that what she said? Come here. Yeah, Pop Pop wants you. Say hi, people. No, she gonna do. I, I wanna. I wanna tell you something. This this little girl, I, I just love her to death. But I'm gonna tell you what. I, I don't love her as much as her parents love her. Good. Come on up here, Shane. Stand right here, Jason. Stand right here, Gary. Stand right here, Brandon. Come here, Eric. Stand right here. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. I want you to listen to me very carefully. The enemy's got a plan for this little girl. Let me tell you what his plan is. His plan is to do whatever it takes to take her life away from her. His plan is to take her down a road of destruction, misery, heartache, and in the end, death. 
That's the plan of the enemy. How serious is it? Because we've got to create a line that the enemy cannot cross. The book of Joel chapter 2 says it like this. Anybody back there? You back there? Joel chapter 2 verse 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever like this. Neither shall be any more after it even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is like the appearance of horses, and horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people set in battle. Before their face shall the people shall be much pain. All their faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like mighty men of war. They shall march every man in his ways and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another they shall walk every one in his path and when they fall upon the sword it shall they shall not be wounded for they shall run to and fro in the city the verse 10 says the earth shall quake before them verse 11 says and the Lord shall utter his voice before his army I want to preach to you something God has called us to be an army an army that does not break rank an army does not does not look to the left that does not look to the right the enemy has come. Come here, Doug. I need you to be the enemy. Does she stand a chance against the enemy? Is there any way that she can overcome? Are you listening to me? But there's an army. There's there's an army. Don't don't even don't even get caught. <laughs> there's an army. And because there is an army, listen, watch this. Watch this. If her dad breaks rank, If Jason breaks rank, it's going to be a problem here. That's not your spot. Your spot is there. That's not your spot. Your spot is there. Who, whose spot is this? Who is supposed to be in this spot? You can't break rank. If he put, you can't. Oh, are y'all listening to me? How important is it for you to be where God has designed you to be? How important is it for you? Shane, the enemy will come and try every way he can to pull you out of your spot with lust, with worldly desire, with the pride of life, with indifference, 
with lackadaisicalness. It, it goes on and on and on. With comfort, which my needs and my feelings. You know what we need to do? We need to get beyond our feelings and understand that the Word of God has called us to be in places no matter how we feel. There is an enemy. The enemy is coming to devour. Your job is to be in your place because the Bible says it like this. A two-fold cord is harder to break. But man, when you get a three-fold cord and you get the church as a mighty army standing against the enemy, there ain't no devil in hell able to overcome and take what belongs to the church. Can you say amen? You're doing good. He's not going to give up. Let me tell you something about the devil. He don't care. He don't care how cute and how sweet they are. He don't care how nice they are. You think the devil cares that your kids are, ooh, ooh, hey, snookums. He don't care how much you love them. His job is to defeat them, kill them. She's getting heavy, so i got to switch this sermon quick. When you're on the right side and when you're where God has designed you to be, we cannot be defeated by the enemy. I'll tell you what the enemy's going to do, though. He's going to try to get your attention looking another way. Oh, I'm going to preach this. He's going to try to do everything he can to distract you, to get you over doing something else other than what God designed you to do. This is a Father's Day sermon, right? It's time for you dads to grow up. It's time for the dads to grow up. If you're a dad in here, you got a job. You got an obligation. We got to get rid of this weakness where it's all about what we feel. I know, listen, if I went to work every time I felt like it, I wouldn't go to work. There's very few mornings I get up and go, Oh, yeah, I feel like going to work today. But I got an obligation. You got an obligation. I don't care how tough it gets, stand in your spot. I don't care how hard the enemy fights you. I don't care how many lies he tells you. I don't care what the enemy thinks he's going to do. Stand in your spot. Be steadfast. It's something you're going to have to generate. It's something you're going to have to become. you got to generate that. How do you generate it? Man, when I think about Jesus and what he did, something begins to turn inside of me. It begins to generate. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like a wheel in the center of a wheel, and it starts turning. And when it starts turning, I start becoming. Coming, what God ordained me to become. He said, be ye steadfast. Thank you. Y'all can sit down. Thanks, Saint Sophie. Be ye steadfast. Steadfast. You know what we do? We start and we're good for a minute. And when the going gets tough, we fold. It's anybody can quit. Anybody can fold. Anybody can throw in the towel. Anybody can say, oh, it's too hard. Eddie, anybody can do that. But a warrior don't do that. A warrior says, it's getting tough, but it's all right. I've got something in me. You can generate it. You can be it. 
you can be steadfast. In the face of opposition, you can be steadfast. Y'all know my story, and I'm going to preach it today. This ain't in my notes, but I want to share it with you. When Ziglag was burned, David's men were ready to overcome him. They were ready to take his life. David, the Bible says, went out and encouraged himself in the Lord. Man, I love when my brothers text me and, and hey, man, I'm praying for you. And man, there's sometimes that you got to get alone with God. And when nobody else is around, you got to start generating something. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? You got to get in that place where you're alone with God and you got to start turning it over. Because you can set idle and nothing's going to happen. But all oh, something begins to rise up. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He asked the Lord, Brother Johnny, he said, Should I pursue? God spoke to him and said, Pursue and recover all. Before you're ever going to recover it, you got to pursue it. Before you ever pursue it, you got to generate the strength to get up and pursue. The best place to generate that kind of power is in the Lord. When you're weak, he's strong. When you're tired, he's powerful. When you don't feel like moving, there's the greater in you that will push you. Oh, come on, sometimes you feel like just sitting down, giving up. Prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him. And all oh, you see a little result and then the result's gone. Oh, you see a little hope and then the hope's gone. You see good and you see bad. And boy, there's sometimes you feel like just sitting down and saying, I'm done. The problem was when they burned their city, they took all their women and they took all their children. Kids are gone. So let's just figure out what they planned on doing with women and children. It wasn't looking good. The enemy had them, and those enemies were evil enemies. David encouraged himself in the Lord, and he got up, and he began to pursue. His men were tired, but they pursued as well. They got to a certain point. 200 of them said, I can't go anymore. I can't go anymore. I want you to imagine how tired you'd have to be to give up on your kids. I want you to imagine how tired you'd have to be to say, man, I just can't go anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I imagine they talk like this. I can't do it, David. Sorry. It's just my head thinking. I can't go anymore. But you know what? David said, you know what? Here's the deal. You sit here. Man, I feel that. I feel that. You know what? If you want to be there, just sit there. I'm going to recover. But this is the part that bothers me so bad. When they get into the city, I want you to imagine. Okay, Y'all need an illustration? This I can do it. Come on, Jason. You're going to be weak. Come on. Go over there and stand on the other side with Leslie. You two. Yeah, you're yeah, y'all two go ahead. Yeah, both of you. You're both his, no doubt about it. Here's what happens. 
the men are going to the city. But he can't make it. So he sets down. And here's the part of the story that's bothered me for years. David said, and I'm thinking, that's good. That was, that was good of David. You know, they blamed it on him anyway. He said, you just sit here. You rest. But when they got to the city, and all the men that made it to the city, as their family began to look, I promise you when I get to the city, they're not looking for me. They're not, they're not looking for me. I, I love these girls. I'm their pastor. I, I've, I've known them for a long time. I pray. But I'm going to tell you, they're not looking for me. Let me tell you who they're looking for. And can you imagine this comment, where's my dad? Where's my dad? Well, your dad was too tired, but don't worry, we're here. Listen, it's the same recovery, but I'm telling you, God has called you to be where he called you to be so that you can do what God called you to do. When you're tired, be steadfast. When you're weak, be steadfast. When the enemy comes in like a flood, be steadfast. Because let me tell you what's really powerful is when he's one of the ones that march into the city and they're not looking for me. They say, that's my dad. That's my dad. He's a fighter. He's a warrior. He, oh, do you understand the power of being where God called you to be? We got a generation. I feel I'm in my soapbox now. I don't know. Oh, glory. We've got a generation that's creating a bunch of wimps. And they won't, they won't perform because they're so worried about their feelings. I'm not telling you guys not to be emotional. I'm not telling you that at all. But I'm telling you like this. There's times when you just seem to squelch your emotions and do what God called you to do. Well, I don't feel like going. When you make church optional in your life don't be surprised when your kids make it not optional in theirs when you make your relationship give or take maybe maybe not that that's not what the scripture says be ye steadfast Ste thank you thank you jason save them get them home protect them Jason, protect them. Some crazy eye boy going to come around, protect them. Make them scared to death of you. One of my daughters brought a boy home one day and he looked at me. He said, How you doing? I was on grass. I said, The weed eater's in the garage. He said, Ha ha. I said, I'm serious. He just giggled and went and got in the car and left. I said, he'll be gone. He's gone. I got a good one now. <laughs> he ain't the only one. <laughs> Protect him. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hey, Father's Day message, take him out on dates. Show him how a man ought to treat a woman. Open the door for him. Man, I watched this guy yesterday. I, tell it, I could tell it was all show. I was sitting outside waiting on Tracy. This guy and this girl come out of the store. They're walking across through there. Y'all know me. I like to watch them young guys strut. He was cool. 
And I could tell she'd, he'd never done this before. I don't know if he'd done it because he knew I was watching because he kept looking at me. I just kept looking at him. Some of these people come to church, I was like, that's that crazy guy's in the parking lot staring at me. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all right. They'll learn me. He went over there, and she went to open the door. He reached over and tried to open the door, and she looked at him like he was crazy. He went, he smacked her hand hard. And she looked at him, and she tried to open the door, and he smacked it again. He smacked it again. I smacked, I'm like, buddy, no, don't quit. She ain't used to this. I don't know why. I wanted to roll the window and say, stop hitting her. Let her get in. Teach them. Because there's an enemy that's going to come and lie to them. Oh, preach it, boy. Preach it. There's an enemy coming to lie to them. Now, this is how it's supposed to be. No, this ain't how it's supposed to be. Be in your spot. Be in your area. Be where God called you. Be steadfast. What's steadfast mean? Persistent. Persistent. This is something that you got to get on the inside of you. Something down deep inside. I don't care how old you are. Grandpas, grandmas, mamas, be in your place. Be persistent with it. Persistent. He said be steadfast and unmovable. Sounds like the same thing, don't it? Steadfast and unmovable. It's not the same thing. Steadfast is persistent. Unmovable is talking about your purpose. So what it's saying is be persistent in your purpose. Know where God has called you and occupy that place. Be persistent. Know your purpose. Unmovable. Always abounding. Listen to this. Abounding. Abounding means abundant. Abounding means he came to give us life. Not just life, but life more Abundant, it means overflowing. What is he saying? He's saying, don't just meet the expectation, exceed the expectation. Be abundant, abounding. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, always overflowing in the work of the Lord. Knowing this, unlike the man who wrote the book, unlike the man who looked over his life and said, I've accomplished nothing. What you're doing matters. Stand fast. Don't be washed away. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Hold on. Be steadfast because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God is watching. Well, you know, I, I don't know what you're yelling about there, preacher. I'm just excited to be here. If you're okay with status quo Christianity, I'm not preaching to you. But if you know that the threat is real, and if you look at what's going on in our country right now, you better wake up. We're in a mess. Don't wait until you figure out why the Chinese flew a balloon over our country before you start praying. Don't wait until you figure out that what the Bible prophesied is going to come to pass before you start praying. Because I'm warning you right now, if the spirit ain't drawing, I don't care how much you pray. If the spirit ain't drawing, it don't matter. You better get ready right now. Right now. There's an army that don't break rank. 
listen, if you're scared of end time stuff, find me when it all goes down. Why? Because, man, this is a tough time for people, but this is the most glorious time of the ages for the church. He's not coming back after a weak, anemic church. He's coming back after a church that has made herself ready. And I'm going to tell you, when you're ready, it doesn't matter when it happens, you're ready. When you got your oil, you got your lamb, you got it all ready. When the bridegroom comes, you're ready. I don't know about you, but I know that one day he's coming back. And when he gets here, I'm going to be occupying until he comes. I'm going to be fighting the enemy until he comes. I'm going to be casting out things in me until he comes. I'm going to be fighting with weaknesses in me until he comes. But I'm going to be occupying. Come on, Aaron. What are you going to do with what God has called you to do? Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I need some confession right here. Have you ever prayed for somebody so long that you felt like giving up? Raise your hand. I'm just, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I'm praying. I'm fasting. They don't care. I'm just going to enjoy life. I'm going to heaven anyway. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Jason, we could be the difference makers through our prayer through our standing in our place and not breaking rank. Hey, Mom, I keep praying for your kids. Don't stop praying, Janice. Don't stop praying. I know the enemy lies. Because that's what he does, he lies. And I know he says things like, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, this ain't going to end good. This ain't good. This ain't good. This ain't good. This ain't good. But you know what? God is good. And as long as I'm praying, I'm fighting. As long as I'm praying, I'm on the battlefield. And as long as I'm where God called me to be, in that place, filling that gap, that's why this is a body ministry. It ain't just one of us, Melba. All of us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Tristan, a standard is a flag of war. In the army, they had standard bearers. They bore the standard. And when they said raise the standard, they would raise the flag, and everybody knew it was time to fight. When the enemy comes in, the Spirit of the Lord raises up the standard. Man, I like it like this. When the enemy comes against you, the Holy Ghost says, you want to fight? Raise the standard. Let's fight. Oh. We got a community to win. In this bag is prayer cloths. She's giving out to her community. Do you believe there's power in prayer? Do you believe the anointing is tangible? Do you believe it's transferable? Do you believe we can pray over an old rag? And she give it to somebody and the anointing go with it?
and they're driving down the road and they have no idea what's going on in them but prayer is in a car with them. People that ain't breaking rank. People that's holding on. They're not wishy-washy in their relationship. But man, I'm serious about this thing. I got kids, grandkid, church family, people at work. You say, that's a lot. I got a big God. I got a big God. I'm tired of taking my problems to God and saying, hey, God, here's my problem. You know what we need to do? We need to take God to our problem and say, hey, problem, here's my God. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray for these. If you need prayer today, if you need prayer, if you're not on the battlefield and you need to get on the battlefield, we want to pray with you. Because without God, you are at the mercy of your enemy. It's no place I want to be. Darren, the devil is a cruel taskmaster. The wages of sin is death. He works you and works you and works you to kill you. But Jesus gave me life. If you come up here, come on, Jason. Come on, Darren. Come on, y'all. Come on. Anybody wants to help me pray for this? Let's pray. If you need to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. But, man, I want to be on the battlefield. I've got lost nephews. I need to pray. I've got lost nieces. I need to pray. I've got a lost brother. I need to pray. 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 Do you need to pray today? Do you need to pray? Do you need to say, God, I heard your word, Lord. I want to get in my place. I know where I'm supposed to be. I'm not there. Would you get there? If we would pray and we would seek And humbly lay our lives down at your feet That you would bring us to a place where earth and heaven meet For your glory Make us holy So we have come to kneel before your throne with faith and confidence in you alone. You would heal our land and overwhelm us with your hope. For your glory, make us holy. Come like a sound of roaring thunder. Cover the earth with signs and wonders. Bringing awakening, bringing awakening. Come and consume us with your power. Jesus, we need you in this hour. 